right, Rabotai, Boker Oro Mevorach, that time of the day where we uh, try to discuss in Yaneh Halakha and try to look at the sources and come out with conclusion. Today is actually something uh, very, very fascinating. What makes it fascinating is that you learn from this Shi'ur that everything is in the Torah and even modern questions that you don't think the Torah would be equipped to answer, that's not the case. I remind you what the Mishnah says in Pirkei Avot, Ben Bagbag Omer, Ben Bagbag said, you can turn the Torah over and over and you'll find that everything is in the Torah. There's no question that's in this world that is not discussed in the Torah because God used the Torah as the blueprint. The blueprint of creation is the Torah. So if you have a building, whatever's in the building is in the blueprint. So whatever's in the world is going to be in the Torah, it's going to be in the blueprint as well. Uh, so therefore, uh, a modern question that comes up today in the world of fertility. There are many couples that suffer fertility. This is not a new phenomenon. Avotenu Kedushim had issues in fertility. Abraham and Sarah were married for many years and they had, uh, they weren't able to bring children. And obviously, we know that the, the Gemara says that somebody that cannot bring children into the world, it's very, very painful. Gemara considers that person hashuv kamit. It's, it's as if his life is compromised. We once said over from Rav Hida. Rav Hida said that we know that the Jewish people were supposed to be in Egypt for 400 years. But they were only in Egypt in actuality 210 years. So Rav Hida asked what happened to the 190 years of pain and suffering that we were supposed to endure in Egypt. So he said, incredible, he said that Abraham Abinu was 100 years old before he had his child from Sarah, and Sarah was 90. So as a couple, they suffered 190 years of infertility. He said the pain and suffering of Abraham and Sarah, that was able to make up the balance of the 190 years of pain and suffering that Klai Israel deserved in Mitzrayim. That just underscores, you know, we talk about Mitzrayim, Avodat Parikh, but the mental uh, uh, torture that couples go through when they're not able, unable to have children, so that already is also an Avodat Parikh. It's an Avodat Parikh of the brain and of the life. And therefore, we, uh, of course, we, we recognize and appreciate this, uh, this problem. Baruch Hashem, as uh, we have an Aliyah Lidorot when it comes to technology. So the technology of fertility also has seen tremendous advances. And one of those advances is the IVF which is the in vitro fertilization. What is in vitro fertilization? So in the most simple case uh, is that if there's a problem, either with the lady or the man, whatever the issue is, so what they're able to do is to actually take out the eggs from the lady, and they're also able to take the zera, the semen, from the man, 
and they're able to fertilize the egg and the zera outside of the womb in a, in a tube. And then after they fertilize it and it catches, they take the fertilized egg and they re-implant it into the woman. And this is a, um, a very successful uh, method in bringing uh, fertilization and children into the world. And today we know many people that uh, went through this process and Baruch Hashem are able to have, able to have children. This uh, IM, IMF uh, or IVF system. However, now this is obviously a new technology. I think the first test tube baby was born in 1978. So relatively, this is a new thing. Uh, so obviously, the post scheme now will have to discuss this leor halacha. First question is going to be, uh, can you fulfill the mitzvah of Piryavirivyah this way? Which means this was not a uh, conventional uh, 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 way to have a child. Uh, the, 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 uh, the fertilization took place outside the womb. Granted, it was placed back in the womb, but can you fulfill Piryavirivyah? I mean, listen, you definitely had a child. We're not denying that the, ch- the child's a real child. He's not a make-believe child. We're not saying that. But we want to know halachically, you get credit in Olam Abba that you did Peru Urvu. Also, which is the really a, a, a stronger question that has to be asked, is what about Zerah Lebatala? I'm assuming all our members that are listening this morning are... Uh, above uh, the drinking age and therefore we can ask a question you know a, a person is not allowed to waste his seed this is the sin of Erbe Onan Torah speaks very very serious about such a sin the Chaurah is this considered wasting seed I mean the seed is not going into the woman it's going into a to a test tube and then they're putting it into a zir. the doctor's making the Shiduch over here <coughs> would that be considered an issue of Zera le Batala. And then part of this question would be, which would be the third question, uh, halakha, is it permissible to put the egg, the fertilized egg, into the woman when she's nida? <laughs> which means, you know, since everything's being done outside the womb, so therefore. The doctor will call up the lady and say, okay, Baruch Hashem, we, got a, we have a live one. We fertilized it. Everything's good. You have to come in immediately. We have to insert it. And she comes along and she says, but she's nida. She didn't go to the mikveh yet. So we know that Shalom, if a person goes with his wife when she's nida, that's Isul Karet. Is this considered over here uh, an issue of Nida, is the baby now compromised as a ben nida or a bat nida if they do it? So that would be yet another question. So you probably will say, which siman in Shohan Aruch talks about IVF? Uh, Shohan Aruch Rabotai was written 500 years ago. IVF began in 1978. So where are we going to find this technology in the halakha? Well, actually, uh, it is discussed. 
again, not directly, but from the case that we're going to give now, it's discussed. But you need to know some history. The history is quite amazing. I don't know if any of our members ever heard of a fellow by the name of Ben Sirah. Ben Sirah, the son of Sirah. Well, what's the story and why was he called Ben Sirah and who is he? Well, I'm sure you definitely heard of the prophet Yirmiyah. We all heard of him. Uh, Yirmiyah is the prophet of doom. He was the prophet of Echa, and he's the prophet of the destruction. And uh, he had many antagonists, Yirmiyah, because nobody wants to hear Musa. You know, everybody likes the prophet that says, oh, the good times are coming, and everybody's going to be good, and the community's great, and there's nobody like our people. Everybody loves that type of rabbi. But the rabbi that gets up and says, you're going to Gehinnam if you don't change. So that rabbi, they don't like. I think Rabbi Israel Salanta once said that any rabbi that has 100% approval from his congregation is not doing his job. Uh, and uh, then he said that any rabbi that the congregation removes him, he's not a rabbi, he's not a person. He's doing his job too much. Meaning it has to be a balance, obviously between how much you rebuke and how much you, uh, <clears throat> you compliment them. But nonetheless, Yirmiyah was rebuking the people regarding that they were uh, going into the showers, forgive me, and they were wasting their zera. There was a problem of zera al-bata, and the Prophet did not shy away even from that, that rebuke. And the people obviously didn't want to hear it, and they took Yirmiyah, and they took him into a bathhouse, and they forced him that some of his zera will be wasted. Otherwise, they threaten that they're going to do something to him, you know, wasabi or something like that, ban minnah. And the zera of Yirmiyah was uh, in, the, uh, in the bath. Rabotai, listen to a story. I hope everybody had their breakfast already. So now what happened was, uh, the daughter of Yirmiyah went into the bathtub, and the zera of her father went inside of her. And if you could believe it, she got pregnant. So now she gives birth. So she gives birth. So now you have a situation over here where Yirmiyah is not only the father or the biological father, he's also the biological grandfather. Because this is a child that was born from his daughter, from his seed. Yeah, Izzy, you're holding your head. You can't believe such a story over here. That's, that's, that's what's going on over here. Now... Uh, they named the child Sirah, and the Mefarshim say the numerical value of Sirah, Samich Yud Resh Aleph, is 271, which is the exact gematria as Yirmiyahu. So basically, Ben Sirah is Ben Yirmiyahu, which is the son of Yirmiyahu. Now, I just added that it's no coincidence that the numbers equal 271 because that's the, exactly the amount of days that it takes a lady to go from conception to give birth. That's why when a lady conceives, they call it hirayon. The numerical value of hirayon is also 271 because there's 271 days in the hirayon process. Nonetheless, that is the story of Ben Sira. Now the halakha, before we go further, you're going to ask me, Rabbi, is it possible that a lady can get impregnated by going to a bath that has zera in it? 
see, that's how the daughter of Yirmiyat uh, conceived. Actually, the Ben Ishai, in his work, Torah Lishma, in Siman Taf Pe'alef says, and I quote, that the nature changed from the earlier generations to our generations. He said, for Zera to, uh, 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 to, uh, uh, to impregnate, it has to have virility, it has to have strength. And therefore it has to be what the Gemara says, Yorek Kahetz. It has to, you know, have a certain uh, 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 force. He says, today we don't have the same force that the old time has had in the older generations. And therefore he says, today it's not going to happen. If there's Zera in the bath, it's not going to have the koa and the potency once it leaves the man's body to go in and impregnate. But in the older days, he says, oh, they were Dorot Rishonim. They had tremendous koa. Okay, fine. I'm only telling you that because there is a concern that some people have, and it might be legitimate just to be, to be from a hygienic standpoint, halakha, uh, right, not halakha, but I think it's practicality. A lot of times in small communities that do not have men's mikveh, so they like to use uh, the mikveh for the men and the ladies, the same mikveh. The men go during the day, and then the ladies go at night, and they're sharing the same a mikveh. Obviously, this would not be a good idea if this is a possibility. That if Hazrat Shalom, a man has some zera on his body and it goes into the mikveh, and the lady comes out of the mikveh and she's pregnant even before she came home, and then we would have a, uh, you know, we would have a problem over there. So therefore, it would not be recommended uh, to obviously uh, have, uh, you know, uh, you know, one mikveh for the community, unless. Unless, what they do sometimes is they change the water and they clean it out. Okay, that would be a big tirhat to do every day. Nonetheless, that's the starting point of this discussion. It is the case of Ben Sida. Now, the Poskin, the Poskin discussed this story in Hilchot Nida, Yoreh De'az, Siman Kuf there's a Taz, the Torah and he brings in Seif Katan Zayin. Matsati Behagaha Samak. Yashan, I found an old note from the Samak or the Rishonim. Beshem Rabbenu Peretz. Rabbenu Peretz is one of the Baalet Tosafot. Ishan Nida Yechola Lishkov Asadine Baala. Oh. Can an Ishan Nida lie on the sheets? Of a husband. The husband has sheets, bed sheets. Can a lady nida lie on the sheets? So he says that Isha nida, Yechola Lishkova Sadine Bala, Venizarot Mesadinim Shishakab Adam Ishaher. But she should be careful not to lie down on sheets of a foreign man, of a stranger. Pentit Aber Mishikbadzera Shil Aher. Because she might get pregnant from the Shikbadzera of somebody else. Now, comes the Rabbi Nupinitz and says, Why are we concerned that maybe if she lies on the, on the, on the sheets of her husband, maybe there's Zera on the sheets, and she's Nida, and she's going to get pregnant, and now she's getting pregnant when she's Nida. <coughs> the child that's going to come out is going to be a child from Nida. Rabbi Nupinitz answered, Keban de'en kan bi'at isur, Oh, 
that since even if she lies on her husband's sheets, and even if the zera goes into her when she's nida, that's not considered isur, because there was no bi'ah. The zera went in, not in the way of a bi'ah, and therefore the child that's going to be born from that is not going to be considered ben nida. Also, Rabotai, we see a big hadush of it from the Benu Peretz, that if a zera goes into the lady from her husband, goes into the lady, not through derech bi'ah, <clears throat> through her lying on the sheets, that child that comes out is not considered the son of a nida. Why? Because there was no relation. Okay, that's the first thing you see. That's interesting. But he says, so then why shouldn't she lie on the bed of a stranger? So he says, well, here's something amazing. He says, And even if she gets impregnated from the zera of somebody else, there's no problem. Oh, Ben Sira was kasher. The only reason why we have a problem of Shekhvat Zera Shel Ahed, the Kabdina Na Habhana. What does that mean? Gezera Shema Yisa Achotom Me'abiv. What a story. The only problem you're worried about is not that the child is going to be Pagu. The child that comes out of such a, such a thing, whether it's a Nida, whether she sleeps on somebody else's sheets and now somebody else's Zera is inside of her, that child is not considered a Mamzer. Ben Sida was kasher. We don't consider Ben Sida a mamzer. But if a person goes with his daughter, that child is a mamzer. In this case of Egyir, Miyaz Zera was in his daughter. We don't consider Ben Sida a mamzer. Atrabah, the rabbi says Ben Sida was kasher because it did not happen through a bi'ah. And Ben Sida is considered the child of Yirmiyah. He's considered the child. So but what's the problem? So why can't a lady lie on somebody else's sheets? Only because we're worried now what's going to happen? Shema Yisa Achoto Me'abiv. That maybe, listen, this, this lady is going to give birth. They don't know that it came from the Zed of another person. This child is going to grow up. Maybe he'll end up marrying a sister from that father. And therefore you can have a problem of Yisa Batahoto. So that's why they don't allow the lady to sleep on the bed. Not because the child is compromised. The child is actually considered, you see from here, the son of that father. That's why there's a That you're worried, again, let's, 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 let's speak it out. The lady lies down on the sheet of, of a stranger. She gets pregnant. What's the problem? Ben Sina was kosher. The child would be kosher. It's not considered eshet ish. It's not, she's not forbidden to her husband. Ben Sina was kosher. So what's the problem? We're just worried that people are not going to know who the father is. That father will have a daughter, and one day these two people are going to meet, and he's end up marrying his sister from the father. That's what they don't want to do, because a gizira of something that can happen later on. Shemi Yisad Batahoto. Oh, this is the famous Rabbeinu Peretz that's brought down by the Taz. What do we, what do we deduce from here? So we can deduce a few things. Comes Hakam of Adya'ala in Yabiya Omer. In Yabiya Omer, it's in Chelek Chet, Ibn Ezer, Siman Khat Al. So he writes like this.
writes like this. That you see from this Rabbeinu Peretz that the child that's born even though it was not done like a regular bi'ah, it was born from the sheets. Or ben sirah. Ben sirah is considered the son of Yirmiyah. So therefore, what do you see? He says, from here you see you fulfilled the mitzvah, piriyah v'nebiyah. That piriyah v'nebiyah, to be considered uh, 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 fulfilling the mitzvah, you don't need to have a regular bi'ah. As a matter of fact, they consider it the son of the father. He writes over here, he says, you see that Ben Sina was considered the son of Yirmiyah. Once already you see that it goes after the father, Therefore, he goes through different opinions and he writes, that the fact that uh, 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 we call it Ben Sida, which is Ben Yirmiya, that means it was his child. And they call it that's the way uh, the Bet will also writes this if Katanyan Aleph. When the heir, he writes over here, Hakam from Rav Sui Pesach Frank, he says, So therefore, you see over here, Abotai, first answer to our question that you do not have to have an actual bi'ah to fulfill Piriyah that even if the Zerah goes in, however it gets in there, and the lady gets pregnant, Piriyah will be fulfilled, and the child is considered the child of the father and the mother. And the father gets And even if it came from somebody else, even if it came from somebody else, the Zera, we still say it belongs to the father. The only reason why it was Asur is because we're worried about the, the mix-up later on. However, there's no Pegam, there's no Pegam in the child. That's important to remember. Question is, the question is over here, you're bringing me a story over here that comes from a Midrash. Can you learn halakha from a midrash? There's no gemara on this of Ben Sira. This is a midrash. And you want to learn now a big pentush that you can fulfill and an in vitro. Okay, who told you? The story of Ben Sira is not a gemara rabotai. It's a hazal somewhere in the midrash. So as a result of this, there was a rabbi called the Mishpete Uziel in Ibn Aziz Siman Yutet, and uh, he comes along and says, Enzu ela agada vekaimalan she'en lemedim mina agadot. You don't learn halakha from Midrash. That's the Mishpete Uziel's opinion. And therefore he says, uh, I don't know what they're talking. That Ben Sira story is a fairy tale. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have any ramification for us in halakha. Therefore you cannot prove to me. No, the story happened, but you can't prove to me from that story any halakha from there. Don't tell me it's his a, it's a son, and therefore it's okay. Now, there's a question. Can you learn halakha from the Midrash? That's a big question, by the way. Can you learn halakha from the Midrash? Well, on this, I found actually a Mishnah in Masechet Benachot. There's a Mishnah in Masechet Benachot. I think everybody knows this Mishnah. It's in the fifth chapter. It's Mishnah Dalit. 
Over here, the discussion is if you have a hazan, and the hazan is a non-kohen, and he's saying the kohanim, you know, he does kohanim, and he says the words, can the hazan answer amen to the kohanim? He's the one that's the makrek, and he also answer amen. So the Mishnah says, amen. He shouldn't answer amen to the Kohanim's beracha. Tiruf. <coughs> tiruf means he's going to get uh, he's going to get mixed up. He's going to get confused. If he has to be makre the words and also answer amen, it's going to it's going to confuse him. Comes the Tosfot Yom Tov, and Tosfot Yom Tov comes along and says, uh, he says, Hiruli Midrash. He said, I found a Midrash that says what? In Kitabo. There's a Midrash that says that if he's confident that he's not going to get mixed up, he can answer Amen. Therefore, I came along to say, he says, once I see the Midrash allows you to answer Amen, I retract and say, if he's confident, he can answer Amen. But then I changed my mind. But I said, you can't learn Halakha from the Midrash. He said, I saw a Midrash that says you can answer Amen if you're confident that you're not going to get mixed up. But I said, no, you can't learn Halakha from the Midrash. On this, there's a note from Rav Akiva Eger. On Tosfot Rav Eger says, no, what are you talking about? Why can't you learn Halakha from the Midrash? Dina delo et paresh beshas matzinu kamapam delimidim Midrash. When can't you learn from the Midrash? When you have a Gemara that opposes it. But if you have no Gemara on it, you can learn from a Midrash. Midrash cannot be a Koveya if a Gemara rules against it. You're not going to take the Midrash. No, I have a Gemara. But if you don't have a Gemara, why can't you take a Midrash? That's where you keep the from the Priyadash. And therefore, Rabotai, we have no Gemara on this subject, except the Midrash of Ben Sirah. So therefore, Achamavadiyah says, the Mishpetah was here is wrong. It's true you don't learn from the Midrash when there's an opposing Gemara, but we have no opposition to, to this story in a Gemara. And therefore, he says, Adraba, if all you have is the Midrash, you can learn the Halakha from the Midrash. And we go back. Ben Sirah is considered the son of Yirmiyah. And that teaches you that what? That you don't have to, to fulfill Piriyah you don't need to have a Bi'ah. As long as the Zera of the father went into the mother, who cares how it got in there? Whether it went into in vitro, or whether it went into sitting on the sheets, or it went into the bathtub, bottom line, <clears throat> she got pregnant, the father is the father, and therefore Priyav Rebya is done. Only question is, in this case over here, in the in vitro, what about the Zera Labatala? I mean, I, they have to collect the Zera from the husband over here. They have to collect it. I don't know what it does. But what do they do? I mean, you know when you go to the doctor, they have to have a urine sample. They give you a cup. You put the, the, the urine in, it takes a test. I'm assuming that he has to do some similar way to give the doctor the zera. The chaura, the zera is not going in the, in the makom. So the chaura, maybe you should have an issue of zera matala. In truth, there was our great rabbi, Hakam over Yahadaya. We've mentioned him many times in the shiur. The rabbi called the Yaskil Adi in Ibn Aizid Siman Yud in Halek He, and he says, indeed it is. 
he says it's zera lebatala, and therefore he held that you're going to have a uh, a major major problem for this over here. However, many of the poskim, including Acham they come along and say a big hadush. They say, what is zera lebatala? That's when you're doing it derech hashhata. There you're doing it in order to destroy it. However, over here you're not doing it derech hashhata. You're doing it in order to procreate. So therefore, you're right, it's not going directly. But so what? Hashhata is only when you're doing it in order it's time to waste. When there's no, 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 no nothing good can come out. Ah, you're going to ask me, but they don't use all the zera. The guy gives a certain amount of zera, and they only use some of it. So the rest is the batala. Chavavaya says, guess what? When a lady gets pregnant, most of the zera goes to waste also. Only a part of the zera also only f- f- fertilizes. So therefore, and we don't call that the batala. That's the derech. And therefore, the hakam wants to say that in this story over here, it would not be uh, a situation of zera al batala. Although, I did see... Uh, an interesting uh, question. An interesting question that Rav Moshe Feinstein had in Nikrot Moshe. I mean, it's a mamasha tragedy. Mamasha tragedy. Listen to the case that Rav Moshe deals with. Rabotai, a tragedy. It's Ibn Ezer Siman Yud. Lady had fertility problems. Husband could not. Uh, you know, produce a child. So it says she went uh, more than 10 years like this. She wanted a child. Every, every mother, every, every lady wants to be a mother. So she went to the doctor. And obviously this guy is not an ethical doctor. And he put the zera of another man inside of her. And she got pregnant. You believe what's going on over here? And now... All of a sudden she gets pregnant and the husband knows that Zera is not from him. He knows he cannot be Mazliya. The question is, is she considered, they asked from Moshe Feinstein, Eshet Ish. And if she's considered Eshet Ish, she's forbidden to her husband. Moshe Feinstein writes over here, a big Hedush, that not only is the child kosher, the child is not considered a Mamzer, because Mamzer is only through a regular bi'ah. And since it was not a regular bi'ah, the child is not a Mamzer. Vegam en isur Mamzerut and barur shelon Isra al ba'la. It's unbelievable. He says, Abal nit'abera be'ambati o kederich sharofim b'zmanenu osim b'zere shel ishahed eno Mamzer. Like we know, Ben Sira was not a Mamzer, Abotai. Ben Sira was not a Mamzer. Even though technically it's from the father, Zera, and the daughter. Not a Mamzer. And if it's not a Mamzer, it's not Derek Bi'ah, and therefore Rabbi Moshe held, of course, this was an unethical thing to do. We're not saying it was an ethical thing to do, but after it happened. But here's where you have the problem, Abotai. There's a lot of poor scheme have reservations on the IVF only because they don't trust the doctors that they're going to give the right zera to the, to the lady. You know, they have a banks. And these banks over here have so much zera of people. And who knows if they're going to give the right zera that the husband gave. We know it happens in the hospital sometimes. 
They give you the wrong blood test. Somebody else's blood they gave you. They, they, mistakes happen. They're human beings. Mistakes happen in the kitchen. Mistakes happen in the hospitals. Mistake happens in the lab. And therefore, the Achamim are concerned that how are you going to allow this system where there could be that they're going to put the wrong Zera? So, Hakam of Adya writes, huh? What do they do right away if it's for husband wife? No. Usually in the banks, it's, it's like just donors but, yeah, but they don't do it in front of you. So who knows who they're taking? Maybe they have some guys there that they know is very strong and they want to get results and they use the Zerah. The, the guy's the father of 10,000 children. And meanwhile, they tell me, yeah, we use your Zerah. It's like in the old days, the community used to go to Vic's Pizza. You used to come in with your kosher pizza, kosher cheese, you give them the cheese. What do you think they do with your cheese? They throw it in the garbage. No, they're going to give you, they're making 10,000 pizzas a night. No, they're going to give you, here's the kosher one, here's the not kosher one. They have no time for that. There was a big a garbage can in the kitchen of Vicks. It said kosher cheese. And they put all the cheese and get these out. They throw it out. And they're giving it. And you say, why does it taste so good? Because they're not using your cheese. That's why it tastes so good. Any event, and, and it could be it's the same thing, that they're not using the zeta of the guy. So therefore, Chabad Yah writes, and all the poskim who, who are leaning on this procedure, it can only be done with mashkihim. You have to have a mashkiyah. Like these wonderful organizations like Eight Time, like Pu'ah, all these fertility organizations, part of the greatness of the organization is that they have hashkaha. There's rabbis and, 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 and rabbaniyot that are there making sure that just like you have a law of meat, you can't give meat to a goy to deliver it because we're worried that he might change it. So therefore, in these cases, so we have to be concerned that they're not going to fool around. So therefore, under strict supervision, the Akham comes along and says, First of all, you fulfill Piriyavidavya. And second of all, the question would be now, is it Zerah uh, Lebatala? Chavavadiyah says, absolutely not. It's not Derech Hashchata. You're doing it uh, for the Tzorech. Although we said Chavavadiyah Daya said it's a problem. But that's not the opinion of Chavavadiyah. Uh, 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 No, no, it, which means we all agree but that... He has, to, he has to dip himself. Yeah. Because he considers he made a sin. No, that's not the reason. He dips himself because there's an opinion that says that before you pray, you should be pure. And before you learn, you should be pure. It's not for the sin. Especially in the sleep, it's an honest. You, you, we don't punish a person for something that happens to be honest. Why does he go to the mikveh? Because even Zerah honest is metameh. So he just goes to the mikveh just, just to satisfy the opinion that says you shouldn't pray or learn without becoming pure. But today, there would definitely be no obligation to go to a mikveh after a person sees that, unless he wants to be, uh, you know, before Kippur, Shohan says, before Kippur, like it says, before the holidays, it says, Okay, those are certain times of the year that you need tara, but as a regular general rule, uh, the person with his wife, for example. So some people are, are very good. I, for example, not the sin. It's not the sin. Exactly. It's the, by the way, I, I saw recently, Chabad brings down a, a hazan. Hazan for high holidays. Should be careful that he went to the mikveh that he's not tameh. Okay, no situation. But not because of sin, but because of purity. Now, the question we have over here is, um, Chabad just writes in his memoirs, he writes, and I'm quoting, 
וזכרוני כי זה עשרים שנה, he says, twenty uh, years ago, now twenty years ago, he wrote this תשובה, let's see if we can give you a, in תפשין ל"ח, תפשין ל"ח is 738, 738 is like 50 years ago, 52 years ago, so 52 years ago, he says 20 years ago from that, so that's 70 years ago, he says, well, so he must have been, uh, he was 20 years old, He was there. He was 20 years. He was 20 years old. V'zachruni ki zeh 20 shana biyotim biyachad bebet adin agadol bidushalayim. He says he used to sit on the bed din in Jerusalem. Im amiti with my friends hagaon de biyosef shalom eliyashiv vagaon de biyetzalel zolti. Those are the friends of Chavu Vadya, Rabbi Zolti and Rabbi Eliyashiv. They used to sit together on the bed din. He says we talked about this. V'yab pashut lekunano shegam im kibla isha zera miish acher. That even if the lady got the zera from a somebody else, a foreigner, and her valad mamzer, the valad is not a mamzer. However, of course, one has to be careful that this shouldn't happen. But if it happened, the child will not be a mamzer because there was not a bia. And Rav Moshe Feinstein says that in this case of nida, <coughs> of the case of uh, 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 of nida, the child is not considered a. The question was that the Estacham of Adyah is if let's say a lady they have to get the eggs from her. They have to get the eggs from her. Let's say she only ovulates at the time of the month that she didn't go to the mikveh. Let's say in the seven clean days after she sees Nida for five days then she has to keep seven clean days. In the seven clean days before she goes to the mikveh That's what she ovulates, and that's when they need to take the egg out, like you said, Isaac, and then put the zera, put it back in her. Can they put the egg in her when she's nida? That's the she'elah. So, Acham of Yahalab Shalom brings down from, again, Rabbeinu Peretz, and Rabbeinu Peretz comes along and says, the case of the nida. He says, the lady is allowed to lie on the sheets of her husband. And even if the zera will go inside of her, so what? It's not, a, it's not an issue of nida. And the 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 wrote, she'afilu im titaber, even if she gets pregnant from the zera, and can be atizur, ve'habalad kasher negamre. So therefore, he held, it should be permissible. There's no issue of bi'at nida, only when it's happening derech bi'ah, but not when there's no bi'ah. Although hacham, again, Rabbi Yaskil Abdi, brought from the Zohar Kadosh, that he said that bottom line is a tum'ah of nida on the lady, and the child is going to be compromised if he's born from, uh, 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 and conceived, conceived from the lady at the time of uh, nida, he's milubash b'tum'ah. But again, that's possible. But maybe that's only when there was a bi'ah. Maybe that's not the one there's a bi'ah. But who says that the tum'ah of the nida goes on when it's inserted inside of her? That's Chabavadiyah's uh, contention. But Chabavadiyah wanted to say a hindush over here. Originally he wanted to say that uh, maybe, maybe we should say the following. We know that minat Torah, a lady can go to the mikveh after seven days. The Torah says after seven days, lady goes to the mikveh. Now we know that we don't do that. We make her count five days and then seven days and then she goes to the mikveh. So that's about 12 days. Sometimes it takes 13 days. Sometimes it takes 14 days. 
but she needs to count seven clean days. But Menat Torah, she doesn't have to do that. Menat Torah, she has to count seven days, be clean, and go to the Mikveh. So Chabavadiyah wanted to say, maybe in this case over here, we should tell her to go to the Mikveh after seven days, just to fulfill the Torah uh, 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 obligation. And then, at least Menat Torah, she's okay. But then, Shalom said, I don't like it. Why? Because if the husband is going to know that she went to the Mikveh after the seven days, it could lead to Isur. Could be he's going to go with her. And if he goes with that already, so you try to be Mahmir on this and you end up with a problem. And he quotes a Ben Ishai. The Ben Ishai is an Alim in Hele Gimal, the Asiman Yudbet, of a lady that was sick. I take it back. A man that was sick. And he needs his wife to serve him, to help him when he's sick. And she's Lida. So they asked the Ben Ishai, can she go to the Mikveh during the Zayin Nikiyim to at least be Tahor, Menat Torah, so she can serve him? Uh, and then after the Zayin Nikiyim, she'll go to the Mikveh again. Don't, don't do that, Ben Ishai said. Why? Because he says maybe the husband's going to find out that she went to the Mikveh after seven, and then what's going to happen? Yetzron. Yetzron is going to get the best of him. And therefore you see that what Chavavaya was right in his assessment. The Ben Ishai said the same thing. And therefore the Ma'aseh Chavavaya said they can put the fertilization into the lady even when she is Nida. Uh, uh, and therefore you would not have a, uh, a problem over here. And he says, uh, If you could do the in vitro after she goes to the Mikveh, of course, much better. But he says if they can't, there's no problem to even put it inside of her when she's nida. Narabotai, this is the question, and that's the answer of the hakam. There's another case that they asked the rabbi, which I'm not going to go into today, but you can imagine these questions that come up. They asked the question that actually came from our community on surrogate motherhood. That's a, that's a big question in itself. We can do that on another day, but they did it. The case is where you have a, um, an in vitro, like this case over here, which we said is permissible. Only problem is that the lady cannot carry the baby. There's a problem. A lady, her body is weak, cannot carry a baby. Her, her body cannot. So they want to take the egg of the husband, of the lady, of the wife, the zera of the husband, make fertilization, and put it in a different lady. And she'll be the carrier. She's the surrogate mother. Unbelievable story. So the question is, who's the mother of that child? And I know the Supreme Court had that case to discuss who's the mother. You know, it, 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 you go after the biology, but if you go after the biology, it's uh, Sarah's egg and Abraham Zera. Biology belongs to them. But the other lady wanted to claim, hey, I, I gave birth to it. I'm the one that, my body's the one that developed it, and it came out of my body, therefore I'm the mother. So the Supreme Court had a big question, you know, who's the mother, who's the, who's the real mother, well, the real mother, please stand up. Okay, I'm not interested in the Supreme Court, Rabotai, I'm interested in what the halakha writes, would it be permissible to take uh, 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 Zera from a man and his wife's egg and put it into somebody else? Uh, that already is not, a, is not a question that we answer on the Zoom, that's a question that needs Gedolea Dor to discuss. Obviously, it's a very complicated question. Although I will say the question did come to Acham Abadiyah Yosef. And I know that my rabbi, Acham Baruch, Allah is the one that brought the question to Acham Abadiyah. 
and uh, whatever ruling he made, he made. I hope it's not halakha l'ma'asir, so therefore members do not have to know the answer right now. Nonetheless, the main reason why I decided to discuss this over here is to show you that everything is in the Torah. That even over here, talking about a case of IVF, who would have thought that there's cases that we could draw from, albeit in the Midrash, but so what? There's no Gemara that, that, that contradicts it. And we come out learning a, a lot of Lakot. Lama'aseh, number one, you can't fulfill Periyav Revya in such a case. Number two, it's not considered Zera. Lebatulakos is not Derek Hashchata. And number three, that even if it needed to be inserted at the time of the time that she's Nida, it would be permissible. And she should not go to the Mikveh after seven days because of the potential problems that that can cause before she actually goes to the real Mikveh. Adkan Lishono, we wish all our members Beracha, fertility, Aslaha, Priyav Revya Batora, Amen Kenyi Ratzon. Nice, you know? Um, yeah, I had...